Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be in the house of God this morning. Um, I know news over uh, the past few days have been a little rough, uh, but what I want to sing about this morning and what I want to start our service with uh, is just what this song talks about, that no matter what's going on, we give thanks to God. He continues to be good, and his love endures forever. So if you go and uh, rise and sing with us if you want to, or just take a comfortable position of worship, we're just going to sing forever this morning. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King.
Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. We got a lot of folks who are out today traveling and, and getting back in just before the school starts again and such, getting those last minute vacations in. So we need to remember them. We also had a few that are ill today that couldn't make it. So I want to encourage you to lift them all in prayer also. But as we go to Lord in prayer, oh, and also let me say Marty Bobish, you've been praying for her. She is uh, out of the hospital and doing doing well. She has a little more so- things to do, but she is doing well. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah, you can give God the glory. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just come before you right now and thank you again for this opportunity we have to gather in this place. Father, to, to be able to gather and openly proclaim your gospel. And I just pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will just pour out your anointing upon us this day. And Lord... May your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before we walk around and greet one another, I'd like you to grab a seat for this minute. I want to, I'm not going to go over everything that I addressed in Sunday school this morning. However, I do and would like to present just real quickly one facet. Now, obviously, what has transpired in El Paso and Ohio and Chicago is touching lives and reiterating lives, things in people's lives, and uh, causing people all over sometimes to, to live in a spirit of fear. Let me remind you this morning that no matter what happens, every battle, whether it be tangible or spiritual, every battle, there are going to be skirmishes that are lost. The great thing in a spiritual battle, in this spiritual battle, is that we know that in the end, the victory has been won. And as a people, we should not live in a spirit of fear. Fear is not what God has called us to live in. He said the world is an ugly place. However, however, I have conquered the world. So be of good cheer. Folks, this morning, rather than living in a spirit of fear and saying, well, I'm not going to go to Walmart. I'm not going to go to Target. I'm not going to go out. No, poor me. All you're doing then is hurting yourself and taking your own life away. Rather than living in a spirit of fear, we should live in a spirit of victory and be able not to look at the immediate circumstance and be able to look up and look out. We need to be able to share the positivity of what's transpiring rather than wallowing in the negativity. We, especially those of us who are here and know what happens in the midst of such a tragedy, we can attest to the fact that when we choose not to look to ourselves and to the immediate circumstance, but look beyond ourselves, God will move and God will lift us up. Just this morning coming in on the radio station, they were going through the list of the shootings from all the way back to Sandy Hook to present. And I noticed in all that rendition, they skipped Sutherland Springs. And for a split second, I was like, really? But then I stopped and thought, I know why. Because in that spiritual battle, we don't play well. In other words, we didn't politicize. We didn't say, oh, poor me. We didn't just, just look down and say that I'm going to just spiral down into my torment. The pain is real. The pain is there. The pain is always going to be a part of who we are. But we chose to look up and look out and look beyond ourselves, not to be anchored to a, a situation that Satan wanted to grab, but we moved beyond him and allowed the victory of God to be manifested here in Sutherland Springs. That victory... 
That victory that was purchased by God for us is something that we need now share with those who are in El Paso, Ohio. We should be lifting them up, praying for them. Though there were two cowards that chose to go and do these heinous things, those were, though there was two men that chose to take innocent lives within an inanimate object, those were just two men. Now in the aftermath, I guarantee you there are more good people being used by God to take the grace and mercy of God in and let people know that we are here for you. We are going to be there for you. There's more healing going to take place when we choose not to bring them down and say, oh, poor me, but lift them up and say, I don't understand why, but I know that my God's real. And if you will look up and beyond yourself, if you choose not to look only to your situation, but to those around you, then as a community, you will grow, you will prosper, and you will be able to live and move beyond. If you live in a spirit of fear, you're always going to just stay in one little spot. We, as the people of God, were warned. There, people say, oh, look at the tragedy. In the other hemisphere of this world, these tragedies have been happening for many, many, many years. Sin has been here since the fall. It's not something new. We may be seeing it afresh in our country because God was protecting us. But the further we move from a moral nation, the further we move from morality, the further we remove ourselves from the, the sanctity of life, then the more we're going to see the sanctity of life does not count in individuals. It is a war that is transpiring. It is a spiritual battle more than a physical one. And as spiritual beings, we need to stop and lift them up in prayer. We need to lift them up in word. We need to let them know that we care. We need to love on them. We need to pray for them. And we need to do all we can to be the hands and the feet to show the grace and the mercy of God into the aftermath that's been caused by someone else's sin. We can do that. But if we choose to bury our head in the sand and say, oh, for me, you're not only not helping them, you're hurting yourself as well. We have been called to be victors. We have been called to be soldiers. We should run to the sounds of that spiritual battle, not away from it. We should lift our heads and know that though it may seem as we lost a skirmish, the battle has been won. Though we may fall at times, rather than get caught in this circumstance, look to the end game, and the end game is victory is ours. Let us share the power and the gospel of God rather than the negativity and the ugliness and the hatefulness of this world. It's hard to see through that lens. We have a lens of pain. We have a lens of anger. We have a lens of different ways we look at the world. Let's remove those lenses that Satan tends to put out there for us to put on and look at it through the lens of Christ. He said, the only reason I tarry is so that all will have that opportunity. I desire that none should perish, but that all have the opportunity to come to know Christ. God could step in and intervene and stop it all now, but he desires to wait till all have had that opportunity to come to know him. In the meantime, he said, be of good cheer for the world is an ugly place, but I have conquered the world. Let's share that positive hope with those people. Let's, let's share the uplifting that God can still work. Let's share that God is still on the throne and He's still in control. Let's not be a part of the problem, but a part of the solution and remind people that when we bind together, there's far more good in the world than the cowards that are out there in the world. We just need to acknowledge the right one and start looking to those who are reaching in and helping rather than the two that go in and cause devastation.
Let's uplifting. Let's start uplifting one another, praying for one another, rather than denigrating and bringing everybody down. Amen? Amen. Amen. So as I was saying, it's good to see everybody this morning. I want you to now stand up. I want you to walk around a second and greet somebody, but also say, I am going to be praying for those who are caught in their own tragedy this morning. Amen.
morning, I just want to encourage you to look in your bulletin and, and look over those announcements that are there. The, uh, as I said, continue to be praying for all those on your prayer list. And guys, one day we're all going to fly away. Eternity has been set for us. This, this temporal body is only here for 50, 60, 80, maybe even 100 years. But we have eternity on the other side of glory. Amen? Yes. Amen. Everybody that's in accordance and ready to see that eternity, say hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Shane, you're going to come up and share the scripture reading with us today? <laughs> Father God, I just looked at my brother to you and just asked him. Changed my scripture reading three times, and I've come back to the original scripture reading that I had chosen. So uh, I believe we all carry around a bunch of stress and regrets and worry about things that are out of our control. Um, I know that I do. We should uh, pray and just give everything to God and let Him fight our battles for us, Lord. Um, he will comfort and He will give us the peace and comfort that we need to get through our daily battles. Scripture reading is Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take upon my, take upon my yoke and learn from me, because I am, lovely, uh, excuse me, I am lowly and humble in, rest, in, in heart. And you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you for strength and love and mercy in our time of weakness, Lord. We ask for comfort for all of those who uh, all of those who are going through difficult times. Lord, we ask for healing and comfort and uh, for those families and victims from the El Paso and the uh, Ohio tragedies, Lord. Lord, we also thank you for being a, lo- a loving and merciful God. And may your will be done. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to continue singing and and just worshiping this morning. So again, just find a comfortable position of worship. A couple of these songs are are not songs that are played very often on the radio. So um, if you're not familiar with them and and don't want to sing them, uh, just check out the words because they're they're really powerful words. So this is uh, the beauty of the cross.
take those plans that we have made and put them to the side and let us see your grace. Let us see what you have planned, which will be far greater. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, before I get started this morning, I know we've been praying all morning, especially throughout Sunday school, for those shootings and those that are in the midst thereof. But let me, uh, I feel as though we're going to, I need to pray one more time, at least we'll, we'll continue to pray. But also, too, to make sure to pray for those that aren't there, but yet are, have this reverberating in their minds, whether it be here in the Sutherland Springs area, uh, Santa Fe, Parkland, uh, wherever there are those that feelings and thoughts and memories are being drawn up again. Let us continue to remember to lift them in prayer. Amen? And I'd like to do that again right now before we get started this morning. Father God, as we were just singing that song, it reminded me, Lord God, that... Sometimes our plans are not in sync and in line with what your plans are. And sometimes we need to have our eyes opened. And sometimes we forget to be praying for our brothers and sisters and praying for the lost, Lord God. I don't know the lives of those who lost their lives today. I pray they all, I mean yesterday, I pray they all knew who you were. But Father God, I do know that you have made yourself available, not just to us, but all the survivors as well. So God, I do lift up all those that are left behind. Father, may you bring a peace over their lives. May you let them see and know that you are not only God, but you are the God who cares for them. That even though it may not seem it right now, that you are holding them. So Lord, I pray that you will hold all those who are hurting, whether there, abroad, or whether here in our own little community, that are going through memories and, and thought processes that are not of you. May you hold them to your breast. May they feel your passion. May they feel your grace and your mercy. And God, may they feel the peace that can only come, not from circumstances of this world, not from any human being or person in this world, but a peace that surpasses all understanding that comes from the knowledge that they are loved. God, may your holy anointing just touch each one involved, there and here and wherever it may be. And may we as a people be able to, to go forth and proclaim and, and, and be what you called us to be as well, Lord. Maybe not in word, but in service. So, Father, I pray your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I talk about in service, too, uh, one of the things we need to remember that God has called us to go ye therefore. In Matthew 28, if you remember, it's Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to command to observe everything I have commanded you and remember I am with you to the ends of the age. God has called us as a people to go and share the gospel. There's a lot of echo up here, guys. Um, Morgan's not here and Tim's back there struggling to figure it out, guys. So just give him a moment. But God has called us to, to go and share the gospel. That's what we've been called to do. And as I shared in Sunday school this morning, not all, all, not all the time are we to use words. We're not to just... Just go and speak unless God has given us something to speak about. Oftentimes it's a handshake, it's a hug, it's a shoulder to cry on. We have been called to go and make disciples and baptize throughout the world. And how can we do that? One of my favorite verses is Acts chapter 1.8. And 1.8 it says, But you, speaking to you, speaking to me, speaking to all who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But you will receive power. It says, but you will receive power when the, what? The Holy Spirit comes down upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem 
in Judea and Samaria. And then it goes on to say, it's to the ends of the earth, to the uttermost ends of the earth, as the King James says. We have been given the power to share the gospel right here. This is our Judea, right here in our own little community. But he says, then go to your Samaria, which is moving out to, let's say, state level. And then he says, to continue to go even further out there, to let's say nation level. And then he says, the uttermost parts of the world, which takes you everywhere you are supposed to go. Your Jerusalem, your Judea, your Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. We have been given the power to do that. Whether you realize it or not, you have been indwelt and embedded with a power by the Holy Spirit to share the gospel message. And that's what many have done this past week. Now I want you to hear that the t-shirt, read Alaskan, uh, excuse me, the Salmon Frenzy. This was the mission trip that those who went to Alaska went on. And I want to give them an opportunity to share some of the things that God has done through your body. This is the body of Christ. That was an extended portion of your body as we were in Alaska. I want to give them an opportunity to share this morning. But also, too, if you didn't realize it, as I had pictures of Ian on the screen, we're praying for Ian. Ian was called to share outside of his the Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria as well. So they're going to come up and they're going to share a part of their testimony of what God's done this week. And we're going to start with Ian. Ian, come on up. And Alaskan guys, if y'all want to come up and grab a, grab a stool. Morning. To have such a wonderful, supportive body. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, Eric Little, many of you, some of you may have heard of him. He was an Olympic gold medalist um, in the 1924 Olympics. He was actually a missionary kid, though, born in China of Scottish descent. Um, but he, um, anyone seen the movie Chariots of Fire? That's, that's, that's the story of his life. But anyways, um, he said, he said, we are all missionaries wherever we go. Either bring people nearer to Christ or repel them from Christ. Interestingly enough, his fiance actually thought he was um, kind of turning his back on the Lord by spending time training for the Olympics because his ex expectation was to kind of follow in his parents' footsteps and, you know, be a full-time missionary, if you would. And one of his things that he's attributed to saying in one of the speeches he gave, he says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And the thing is that God has placed something special, you know, physical attributes, desires, so long as they're, you know, not unhealthy or what have you, in each and every one of us. And as we use whatever he's placed in us, you know, to enjoy him and enjoy the world he's given us and the talents he's given us, but to give honor to him, that is truly where, I mean, I just could say that the last week that I experienced there in Iowa was one of the happiest weeks of my life. And it was just the, um, the culmination, excuse me, or the, or, the, or the blending of a passion I have along with a group of people who have like precious faith, a little bit of crazy faith, who just wanted to love Jesus, disciple each other, raise money for missions, be part of the greater body of Christ, you know, bring unity in Christ as the different host churches that they had coordinated with, uh, hosted us, but also as we prayed for their ministries and what the Lord was doing there. And the Lord just wants to bring us all together. And it was just truly... You know, yeah, it was fun for me to go put those miles in. It was fun to see the beauty of God's creation. Some people consider Iowa a flyover state. Maybe it is. But you know what? There's a lot of beauty and friendship and hospitality there to be enjoyed. Um, you know, I saw a lot of different churches, and it was different denominations. And, you know, some of them are, are, are kind of dying on the vine a little bit. And, that's, and that is sad to see. But, you know, God calls all of us to fight 
to, you know, for, for each other. And in John chapter 17, Jesus, you know, prayed to the Father, his closing pastoral prayer, he says that they may be one even as, as we are one. So as we, you know, serve in our ministry that the Lords have given us, but have that opportunity wherever it is, you know, on a micro level or a macro level, to uh, just share that unity of one spirit of Christ that he's called us to, then that is, you know, what, what we're to be about. Um, also, guys, age, age is just a number. Age, age is really a relative thing. Um, the strongest writer on our team, he was a 64-year-old gentleman, a, a, an attorney from Long Island, New York, high-powered guy. You know, every now and then, you know, he had the need for speed, and he certainly made me work, but he also had just a passion and a heart for Jesus. You know, he wasn't always a Christian, but he came to the Lord, and I believe this guy was one of those guys like the Apostle Paul, that whatever he did, he did with all his might. And so just, you know, being with the brother a few years my senior, who, who made me work and put me to shame a little bit, you know, it was inspiring. But, and, you know, and just kind of that iron sharpening iron. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to get up here and... And, and, and see the bike to these wonderful brothers. But just thank you for your love and support. Just remember, all of you have got something in your heart that you love doing, and God's going to use it for his glory if you'll let him. Thank you, Jesus. If you didn't see the pictures or didn't know, because he didn't really mention it, he rode his bicycle. Not his bike, because if, if you hear me say bike, there's a motor involved. He rode his bicycle across Iowa with this group and was staying at churches and everything. So hallelujah. The, um, you commissioned us, you commissioned folks like Ian ourselves to go and share the gospel. And, and that's what, Julie has gone earlier this year to Guatemala. Uh, we have some that's gone to South Dakota. We are going to share the gospel. God didn't give us this great thing to keep here, but to share it wherever he tells us to share it. Now, and the thing that touched me about last commissions, I wanted to, I wanted to share with you this morning, was that here in... Um, the scriptures in Acts chapter 17, it says, Then Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that you are extremely religious in every respect. For as I was passing through and observing the objects of your worship, I even found an altar on which was inscribed to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. What a scriptural reference to what I feel as though happened, what I was able to see happened in Alaska with the ministry that I was able to be a part of. My testimony, one of the things that really stood out to me was these were a people, unlike many that I come across here in the lower 48, who were wanting to hear about Christ. They, it was explained to me that in their custom, in their First Nation sensibilities, the, the Spirit is there. They believe in the Spirit, whether it be in the land, in the trees, in the seals, in the, in the whales, in the, the, the salmon. They believe in the Spirit. And then when we come, and others that have come before us, and share the Holy Spirit of God, they're already accepting of that. They are already, yes, there is a Spirit. We believe in the Spirit. But you're now telling us who that Spirit is. And hallelujah. These people that I saw, that I interacted with, were willing to listen. They, they, I came across nothing but manners and thankfulness for everything that we were doing and, and saying up there in Alaska, and it was refreshing to see a people who were not ashamed, one, to accept. Now, I, I know of 51 salvations. I don't know how many uh, total overall there ended up being of salvations. There was prayers of lives changed. There was prayers right there in our, we were, we were on um, Castle Off Beach. There were things that was happening right there where we were at. I don't know statistics, and thank God I don't have to. That's God's job, not mine. But what I do know is that I came across a people this past week that I was able to minister to, 
And there was people there in Alaska that ministered to me. And in turn, we both, I feel as though, walked away profitable, more, more, more profitable in the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells that much stronger in them and in me. And I just praise God that they were a people who or are a people who wants to hear the gospel. But I want the rest of them to share their testimony this morning as well. Ben? And uh, she, she asked me to go put her name down. And when I went to put her name down, something told me, put your name down too. And uh, the first night we got there for an orientation, uh, it's like the Holy Spirit just came over me. I just felt a whole difference in me. And Brenda told us that some of these people won't take y'all. It, it might not be nice to y'all. But I had to meet one person in Alaska that wasn't nice. Everybody I talked to was as friendly as, as Mr. Shane right there. <laughs> and well, his wife might not say that, but <laughs> but uh, first day on the beach, I said I'm gonna go walk the beach, and uh, Brenda came up and took me for a walk, and we met this lady, Geraldine, and. Uh, we started talking to her. She's a native Alaskan. She's a human. And uh, she had a bandage on her hand. And we asked her what was wrong. She said she had an infection. She'd been in the hospital for two weeks. And uh, a little bit later, uh, Evan and a few others came by. And we asked her if we could pray for her. And she said yes. And I said, well, what can we pray for? And she said, alcoholism. She said, I've been an alcoholic for a long time. So she wanted to get over it. And we all prayed, we all huddled around and prayed for her. And before we got there, she had this gloom look on her. When we left, she had a big smile. Later that day, she came up and got a hot dog. She was still smiling. The last day, I was walking uh, back to the van and I passed her. And asked her how she was doing. She said she was doing wonderful. And I asked her if she caught any fish. She said, no, but my sister did. Her sister was right behind her. Her name was Phyllis. And I said, Phyllis, I said, we've been praying for your sister. And she grabbed me. She goes, can you pray for me? And I said, I sure can. I said, well, and she goes, right now. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and we, I asked her what she wanted to pray for. And she said, my kids. All my kids have troubles. So we sat there and prayed. And she gave me the biggest hug I ever had in my life. <laughs> well, there was a lot of other things that went on. We prayed for a lot of other people. Well, the last day, me and Evan and Julio, we went to Walmart early in the morning to get some stuff and clean the van up. And we were at the friendliest Walmart you ever been to in your life right there. I, anybody you ask, they get up and they take you to where you, what you ask for. They don't point. They don't. Oh, it's over there. You know, uh, and there was a young man. We asked where the, the pillows were, and he took us to the, to the pillows, and we found it. And we come back by, and Evan wanted to get a, a lock. So we went by, and we passed him again. Julio was talking to him, and me and Evan walked down the end of the aisle, and Julio called us back. He said, this young man wants us to pray for him. 
So we, I asked him, well, what do you want to pray for? And he said, life. So we sat there and prayed for him. We all huddled around and prayed for him. And uh, he, we got through praying. And, you know, he was a native Alaskan. He didn't have a lot of teeth, but he sure had a smile. And uh, Julio goes, do you know the Lord Christ as your Savior? He goes, no. He goes, do you, would you like to? And he goes, yes. So the young man set the Christ right there in Walmart. So there's good things going in Walmart too. I remember that. I went there to serve and I got served. Well, being there, I was truly blessed. Um, to be able to see all the people there that they actually knew Christ, but they weren't close to him like we are. Um, there was these four teenagers on um, the beach on a uh, four-wheeler, and Julio was talking to them, and I walked up, and we were talking. I could see sadness in them, but they were um, wanting to know Jesus, so we're talking to them about Jesus and trying to um, get them closer to the Lord. And... Uh, I could still see that they were wanting more, so I gave them my testimony about uh, the shooting here and how God has blessed us and lifted us and that um, the ones we love um, have gone to heaven and in paradise and um, how we're just left here, but we still sh should be happy for them. Well, then all of a sudden, one of the little boys said, um, can I say something? I said, yes, and he says, well, we lost our sister. She was 14. And I said, well, how did you lose her? And um, said, and a, my mom's boyfriend went and shot up our house, and my sister was in the house and shot her and killed her. So by talking to them, we were able to get that out because they were holding it inside of them. And um, by talking to them and, and expressing how much God loves them, I love the sister, and that um, he can be there for them through all the tragedies that they go through. And uh, they were so uplifted and joyful after we talked to them. Thanks to Julio, we were a tag team, um, that we could see the joy returning in them. They were so happy. By the time they left, we were hugging, taking pictures, uh, kissing one another, seeing how much um, we loved God, and they were praising God. And it was just wonderful to see their expressions on their face after that. So every time they would come up, they kept coming back to get hot dogs. Praise God, you know. <laughs> so it was good. It was very touching. But there was also another incident I want to talk about where Ben and I were walking around uh, the trailer park talking to people and um, trying to reach out to them. And um, there was a little boy working on his little four-wheeler. His dad was in the background. And we told him hi, you know, and told him about the hot dogs and everything if they wanted to come by. But we didn't push anything on him, especially with a parent not being close by. So the father then walked up, and we talked to him for a second. And he just kind of like, hmm, hi. He didn't want to talk, you know. So we told him, you know, God bless you, and we walked on. A few minutes later, the father came running up behind us. And we're like, oh, boy, you know, what's going on? And uh, he goes, can you please pray for me? So for someone who was just like, hmm, like get out of my way to wanting us to pray for him, they were having troubles. 
they would want, wanted us to pray for their safety to get home and and that, that they would get home the family get home safe and that was very touching because then we knew that he knew the lord but that he was just having a hard time so you can't always go by the way people react to you when they're there um you just have to let them be it sometimes and they'll come to you and so it was very um heart touching and there were so many more blessings going on there but instead of touching the people there i think i was touched more by the people being there by the way they came up and and, and give us their blessings also so thank you okay Alaska was amazing. Uh, first off, the scenery and everything as we got there, it was just truly amazing. Part of my heart was broken that my husband wasn't with me. So, of course, there were tears, but there was a lot of joy, too. Um, we saw things that I didn't really think I'd ever see as far as the, the beauty and the scenery. Um, and the people, the people were amazing. The people I traveled with, my, my family group right here that was with us, we had some really good times together. There were struggles, of course there's always struggles, but God brought us to it and led us through it. And as we were doing this, I was able to touch back into my roots with the children and get back into playing with the children. We did face painting. We sat on the table one day. We broke out a, a, a crack. I think it was like a BBS crack is what was there. But we broke that out with some of the children, and they were, they were doing this poster, and it was the Lord's Prayer. And they were putting this little sticker together. It's a door hanger. And we let them paint their thumbs, and we put their thumbprint on them. And we told them they were somebody real special, and that God loved them, and so did we. And we sat and we sang with them. Michelle and I were working that table that day and singing with the children. And it was just, it, that touched me big time. Um, later the last afternoon, Julio was sitting here. We were all sitting. Well, there were several of us sitting at the table. And little boy came running up and he wanted to know if we knew how to make balloon animals. Well, I didn't know. But Julio came up with a creation. And I don't know what it was. And I don't know if he can remember what it was. He told him. He told this little boy, and this little boy got so excited. It was this crazy name. And a who? A Kujulako. Yeah, we did. We, we were winging it. And then after the little boy left running, Julio goes, I hope they don't ask for another one because I don't know how he did it. Well, sure enough, here comes this little boy with a friend. He wants one too. And it's just the joy on their heart. And it's like, oh, I can't make that because it was a one of a kind, but I can make you this one. And he comes off with another name. And the first little boy goes, look, it can fly. And he throws it up. Are they supposed to fly? Sure, they're supposed to fly. So we just had a blast with the kids and, and, and the people. I walked the beach. I did a lot of trash pickup. I did a lot of praying and a lot of just talking to the people out on the beach that were actually fishing and, and just visiting and getting to know with them and I mean God God just did some awesome things he allowed me to share my testimony with a couple of people about how God brought us through the tragedy and somebody had told me that one of the ladies that was cooking for us every morning had been through a similar 
situation. And I said, I had been talking to this lady every morning, and I'm, forgive me, I don't remember names, but they introduced me to her, and we said, well, we've been talking every morning, but I didn't know that her husband had been shot and killed. He was a pastor at a church, and he had gone to this little, his church, and somebody walked in and shot him in the back and killed him. So we were able to comfort each other, even though her tragedy had been many years before, it gave me hope that, hey, I know, I, and don't get me wrong, I have hope, I know God's gonna get me through it, and he already is. But it, it also touched me saying, hey, there is, you know, God is there, he's gonna get you through this, and he's got so much more for me, and he's revealed that to me, that there is a whole lot more he wants me doing. And he dug down into me deep, and he said, look, this is, you know, get busy. And that's what I'm supposed to do. So it touched me to be out and touching people and talking to people and playing with children and doing trash pickup and, and getting to know these people more. I mean, I had, I had a blast with them. They're all amazing people. And if you don't know them, pull them aside. Get to know them a little bit. I mean, they're, they're not going to bite you too hard. Some of them do. But a lot of them, I mean, the guys were gentlemen, they helped us. I was trying to hike, and they were helping me go up the hill. I mean, it was just, it was a super, super amazing time. God shined on us like, just like he always does. But we just had to open our eyes to see. God is always there. He's always going to be there for us. And we need to, to just pay attention. Open our eyes and pay attention. The people were just super, super thankful that we would get out and, and pick up trash on the beach for them. And I mean, it was, it was amazing, so. I don't know what just happened to my mic, it came apart. Anyway, let me explain something for those that may not know what we were doing. The, the whole point, there's a three week window, if you will, that these folks can go up, and it's called sustenance fishing, and they are to catch their fish for the year. And therefore, the, the totals of these fish, the, the man of the house there gets 25, and then uh, for each family member gets 10 more. So they need to bring all their family out to the beach so that they can catch this amount of fish for the year. Well, what does that mean? While he or she or they are out in the water, the rest, whether it be children, wives, whomever, are huddled up in the cold up on the beach and they have to be there. So what we were able to do, what Brenda Krim was able to put together in her mind, they're hungry because they can't take time really to stop and eat. These kids are, need somebody to help watch them and do something or the parent has to keep attending to the kids which takes away from fishing time. And, and what we were able to supply was being able to be there not only to give food but, to, but what, we set up, like she said, a small VBS. Kids could congregate. And what really was neat was the parents trusted us to let their kids congregate at the tent and do what needed. So that's how we were able to start conversations and interact. So if you're wondering what we were doing all on the beach, that's what we were there for, was while they fish, meet their needs and share Christ by meeting their needs. Amen. Christy. We, we did do all of that, and we were not allowed to fish. You have to be a resident to fish. So we couldn't touch their supplies. We couldn't touch their fish. So we were not a threat to them either, and I think that's part of the secret of 
the way this works is we are able to serve the people while they're doing something that they need to do for, for sustenance. Um, one thing I learned about this group is Julio may seem like he's a nice, quiet guy, but he talks to everybody. And so one of the ladies that I got to, to meet, um, Julio introduced me to, and her name was Teresa. And Teresa um, was from American Samoa, and she'd been here about 10 years. And um, she was a single lady, but she was a part of a household who her sister, she lived with her sister and brother-in-law, and they were out fishing. So she was taking care of the kids and the dog while they were fishing. But yet, like Frank said, they had to be there, even though it was cold and there wasn't a whole lot for them to do. And this lady was very hungry for uh, adult conversation. And so she just wanted to talk. And so um, through asking her questions and repeating back what I thought she said, we were able to communicate really well. And um, she was a Christian. She had a, a church in Anchorage that she belonged to. And um, so uh, we were trained the day before to ask a question. Um, one of the questions we could ask was, is there anything that I can pray with you about? And she had a friend whose parents lived in the island of Fiji, and they were dying of cancer. And she asked um, that we pray for them. And so we did, but she still didn't seem content. She still, still seemed worried about them. And so um, we are just a, a few of the visitors, of the volunteers that were there. Um, there was 150 volunteers working four different beaches that weekend. And so um, I was able to go back and, and tell the 150 volunteers, there's a lady that would like for us to pray for these parents that are in Fiji. And so as I did that, she just seemed very relieved, and that seemed to appease her more. And, um, you know, I, I just, there were a couple of verses that I thought about. In James 5, 13, it says, Is any one of you suffering? Let him pray. And in James 5, 16 says, And pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayers of a righteous man can accomplish much. And our prayers are not magical. Our prayers are not of our own power. Um, they are of, of God's power. And we are not righteous on our own. Um, we are not the righteous man on our own because of our own deeds. We're righteous because of what God has done for us, what Jesus, how he died on, on the cross for our sins. And so we do that on Thursday night here too. So if there's people here who have prayer requests, um, you can put them on a slip of paper and put it in the offering thing. You can um, call the church and let Wendy know that you want prayer, but we do that here too. Um, I also got to pray with a lady that was on, on the plane home, on the plane ride home, and um, she was a Christian also, but she just needed encouragement. And so um, that was another one of our jobs, was to encourage fellow Christians and um, just think about the people that have encouraged you in your life and, and how important that was to you. And so, um, yes, we, we got to, to witness to people, but we also got to encourage fellow believers. And then me personally, uh, it was an exhausting trip. We got very little sleep, and um, we were very busy every day. And God just kept reminding me of 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, and it says, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who made us adequate as servants. 
So I just felt like I was enabled by his power. And thanks for letting us go. I wasn't listening. I mean, I wasn't there in her conversation. But I'm walking down the beach and I hear somebody way behind me in a very Samoan accent. Hi, my Christian friend. Hi, my Christian friend. And I turn around and luckily I recognized it was the young lady that Christy had been talking to. But she associated us with Christ. And I thought, praise God for that. Sam? Can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't have much to say. I smile a lot. Uh, I want y'all to know I was very blessed to be able to go on the trip. I was down to the water fixing the pool out. But God prevailed, and I got to go. Thank you for that, guy. Uh, it was the most beautiful trip. I met the most wonderful people. They owned my heart there. I don't know what to tell you. The people are just so accepting I, I have I prayed with many, and I had many that just would approach me because I was smiling, and they thought I was kind of like happy, and I am very happy. God has been good to me. I got to go on the trip. If you don't, if you've never been there, it was the most godly place I've ever been, and I got to go to a. Uh, it's called Freedom to Christ, and. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go, you need to try it. Uh, it's beautiful. Thank you, God, for allowing me. Thank you, Sue, for putting that with me. We'll let you end on it. your Tootsie Rolls. Oh, I did. The reason why I wasn't in much pictures is because I got potty duty. <laughs> but we were like... And that is uh, porta potties. I got to sit there, and when the people came, uh, they had we kept toilet paper and hand sanitizers and tootsie rolls. So uh, we would get on, uh, give them toilet paper to go into the porta potty, and if they brought the toilet paper back instead of taking it with them, then they got a tootsie roll. <laughs> <laughs> Until one mother said, "Well, how do you know my kid is supposed to have sugar?" So it doesn't went down to <laughs> but anyway it was quite nice and I met a lot of people good afternoon everybody the trip was a beautiful beautiful trip you know being my first time on any kind of mission trip I went in with the mindset saying that we're going to help people. We're going to help them. We're going to work, you know, minister to them. We're going to bring them to, to the Lord, in which we did. 51 of them, I believe. What I did not realize was during this mission, the Lord also was going to work on me. Every day, he worked on my heart more and more. Until finally, about two days before we left. Pam spoke about you know, freedom in Christ. I went and I did a session with that as well. About a lot of things that happened in my childhood that even though I've forgiven and thought I've forgotten, are still lingering. Through freedom of Christ, I was able to give all that up to the Lord. 
to be able to walk further with him, more trustful with him. The next morning, I received confirmation through 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that just struck me. I was meant to be there. I was meant there to be there to be able to strengthen my walk with him, to be able to witness the glorious blessings, to witness the 51 people come to Christ. And even as we got home, I received confirmation yet again the following morning through Philippians 4, verse 9. It says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Like everybody up here said, it was an amazing trip. Being able to pray with Geraldine, with uh, Julian in Walmart, being able to lay hands on these individuals, you can feel the Lord work through you through prayer. It was an amazing experience. I am blessed that the church body allowed me to go as an extension of, of the body. Thank you. One more thing I want to say about Evan this, this, this morning as well. One, he found a house up there, so we've got to be careful, right? <laughs> I found us a house. That's right, us a house. But being the youngest one on the stage up here, we had to carry a very heavy grill about 100 yards. The play, the jumper house, if you've never carried one of those, it is heavy. There was a lot of heavy stuff that we had to carry. And though he had help at times, guess who pretty much was on it every time? That was the young man here. So he really helped out with his back as well. So thank you, Evan. Let's give God the glory on that one. I'll tell you one thing. I don't think there was any of us that didn't break down somewhere along the line. I didn't think we'd get up and do it again. But the next morning, we had that new energy. I mean, it was just phenomenal. We were out there on the beaches, and we actually, we stood in the gap. There was people that had to get their substance for the year to make some food to have for their family. And like Pastor said, they had kids and wives and family members just sitting there. After a while, we got to have them come in one at a time, entire families, truckloads. Some of them just kept coming back and being cheerful with us and thanking these people for what they had been doing. I learned a lot. I know that when I went up there, I went up there with the congregation. I came back with family. Now, I don't know if you're related to them, but if you are, get used to it. We're family. But the real justice here is that there's a lot of depression up there. There's a lot of times that are hard. We were able to speak to people inside the church where we were that told us some horrid things. And it's through the blessings that we brought them, through Jesus Christ himself, the doors that were opened. We stood in the gap. We really did. There was 450 people that walked through those beaches in 21 days. 18,000 hot dogs had been served. On the average of every person there, there was 40 encounters. And praise the Lord, the devil zero, 
Jesus 51. Amen. I have one more thing I want to share with y'all. There was a young lady when we, got to, when we first got there and got into our cabin where they put us. They told us to be very quiet. There was someone sleeping. Well, the next morning, that was like at 3 o'clock in the morning or so when we finally got there. But the next morning, we met this wonderful lady. Her name was Naomi. And she just encouraged me so much because she went down there or went up there to Alaska all by herself and joined in with our group and just, she was a delight to be with. But she got up there on her own and did it knowing she was going into a family of people that she didn't know. But for her to have the courage to step out by herself, that, that's a testimony in itself. If God tells you to step out and do something, whether no one goes with you, you get up there and you do it because that's what God is telling you to do, and that's exactly what she did. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can step down if you like, or you can stay. But here's what I'd like to present to you guys now. In Alaska, one of the reasons why Brenda started this organization that we went through, the suicide rate is out, off the charts. Alcoholism, spousal abuse amongst the, uh, the the First Nation peoples as a whole is unfathomable. It is harsh. It is, is over the top with so much ugliness but yet they believe in the spirit. It's just they haven't had it properly conveyed in many aspects. Many of these uh, villages, because of the things that, that people have done in their history, they're leery of listening or letting anyone, especially from the lower 48 and especially Caucasian, to come in and speak to them because of the things that's been done to their land and to their people. They are allowing this to happen now. And God is moving in miraculous ways amongst them. So what I would want to encourage you is to continue to lift them in prayer. There's missions going on way north of the Arctic Circle as well. Even where we were at, it was daylight till almost midnight. And you work yourself to death not realizing, oh, it looks like 5 o'clock. No, it's 10 in the evening already. And then it's daylight again at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Um, up further north, those dark times take a toll on the psychological aspects of the people plus the different reasonings. There's lots of reasoning in there, but they continue to need our prayers, and they also need people such as you to go in and help minister and share the gospel and do so in service. That's what surprised many of them. I had one ask me, why are y'all giving out hot dogs? Who pays for this? And I said, we did. Well, why would you pay to give us hot chocolate and hot dogs? Because we care about you. Because Christ cares about you. And it was a hard fact for them to gather that people they don't know from a race they don't fully trust was willing to come with their own money and pay for things so they would be warm and fed. That's how Christ works. And that's how Christ can work through all of you guys. So I pray next year, I think these, this group behind me said that they are going to go again. I pray the group grows and we can cover more beaches. There's more beaches. There's more people we can reach. We just to cover what we can. So I pray that you will think about that. Now, that being said, let me share a quick message with you that, that we shared with them that you need to know. You don't need to come if you don't know Christ. Because what we're going for is to share Christ. He that knew no sin became sin so that we could walk in victory. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
He died on the cross to pay a price that you cannot pay. For the wages of sin is death. But he paid that death with his sacrificial blood. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he extends that invitation to you. And we're going to have an altar call in just a moment. And I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ before it's too late. If you do know Christ, be praying now. Be praying for those in Alaska. Be praying for those in El Paso. Be praying for those in Ohio. Be praying for those in Chicago. Be praying for those right here and everywhere that does not know Christ or is going through some trial or hurt. We serve an incredible God, an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who when we lift up our prayer, hears, and when we intercede, He answers. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't know Christ, that you'll step out and accept Him. If you do... Then, then move and be what God has called you to be to those people. Now, understand there's a lot of stuff in the media and, and such that try to pin Christians and say, well, they're only caring about their own. They only care about themselves. They only care when it's convenient unto them. Let that not be your mantra. I pray that we will care as Christ did for whomsoever. Whomsoever. Regardless, regardless of their nationality. Now, that is politicized and tried to mix in with laws that are broken and this and that. It has nothing to do with the love of Christ. Love the people enough to share the gospel. Because he loves you enough that he shared it with you. Amen? So I encourage you guys to be in prayer. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray for us this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll walk this aisle and make that decision today. If you do... Will you commit in your heart now to lift those in prayer that don't? Will you lift in your heart in prayer those who are hurting, whether it be from the shooting tragedies or whether it be from a natural, the 14 tornadoes that went through Memphis? Whatever it may be that God is touching your heart on, will you lift them in prayer this morning and know that, that we serve a mighty God? Father God, we come before you today and I thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to gather in your house. To be able to lift up one another, to lift up this, these folks up north. God, uh, to lift up those here within our own state and those that are up in Ohio. God, there are so many that need to feel your healing touch today. To be given that peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will move, that you will touch, and that you will direct. And God, may thy will be done in the hearts of your people. If there is one here today that does not know you, whatever the reason may be, may they come and accept you before it's too late. Father, may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You pray, pray. He's telling you, come to this altar, come to this altar. I'll pray with you. Maybe you're, he's telling you to come to the altar to get on your knees to pray for those in El Paso or Ohio or wherever it may be. But let's get the freedom in Christ by allowing Christ to do what he says rather than what you say. Let's put his lens on this morning as we sing, Chris.
morning that if God's been speaking to you that you will listen and, and when it says I come it doesn't mean I come to the altar here it means I come to his altar in your life are you willing and are you ready and have you done so because that's what matters this morning I pray that you listen to the testimonies of those who went to Alaska today and I hope it inspires you and, and of Ian as well as he rode across his bicycle across Iowa there and he's got other trips in the future being planned May you continue to lift all them in prayer, but may you yourself start thinking, Lord, what is it you would have me to do? Your mission field may be your job, where you work. Your mission field may be your neighborhood. Your mission field may be your extended family. Or your mission field may be, Pastor, I feel as though I've been called to go to the North American Mission Board and go wherever they send me. Will you pray, Lord, not my life, as we sang earlier, ruin my plans so that I can stand upon yours. Amen? Amen. It's good seeing you. Amen. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for you. I know it's a different kind of service today. Yes, sir, Rod?
actually this is. I'll have to get back with you. Um, there are several that partnered with us. We are sleeping in different churches around the Kenai Peninsula. And Brenda knows many. And Brenda said she would come down, or we can Skype her to really interact as well. Last commissions, go online, find her website. There's ways you can help in that as well. She's got missions going up. She's even broke into some of the islands that that they, the village people, still can say that it's on and off the plane. And she's been able to get in there. God has gotten her in there as well. So yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Good seeing everybody this morning. Let's keep looking up. And guys, keep passing and sharing the victory and the positive. Even if your heart is done, look to the Lord and say, Father, help me share what little grace and hope and mercy I have with others rather than let me share my my sadness with others. We need to be one another, lifting one another, upholding one another, strengthening one another in the call of Christ. Amen. Before we go, I almost forgot. Henry, come on down here. Henry came down this morning. He says it was a while back that he accepted the Lord East Baptist Church. He said, but he says coming this morning. He has been baptized, but he's ready to rededicate his life unto the Lord, and he wants to join this church. He's going to be a part of this body. Amen. Praise the Lord. Guys, keep entering in prayer. Those who rededicate their lives after being gone for so long, those who accept Christ, Satan will attack. He needs us to put hands of protection to God. That's right. You all are. Come on up and shake Henry's hand. And you can stand with him, Barry. All right. Let's close the word of prayer. And, and yeah, accept it. Come shake his hand, love on me, and let him know it's good to see him in God's house. Father God, I do come up you this morning and thank you for this opportunity to come together to share. And Lord, as we come with a heavy heart of what's happened in our country, we also come with a joyous heart of what happened 2,000 years ago in another country on a hill called Calvary. We can come together. And even though Satan wants us to look down, we can look up because of the joy of, of that grace that's been paid and poured out for us. Father, may we not turn away, but may we turn to this cross right now. And may you be the one who's lifted. May you be the one who strengthens us. And God, we just give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go, I'm not saying, they, aren't they, Lisa? Come here, I'm going to call you on the spot.
Thank you.